What are you going to do, Commissioner? There's only one thing we can do. Sir, it's the Batfoot. Yes, Commissioner. Batman. We'll be right there. Biff Bam Pow. This is Batman Land. Be careful. Maybe a trap. Each week we chat about the 1966 Batman TV show. We're Batman and Robin, the crime fighters. We discuss the episodes that aired this week on SBS Vice Land. My name is Dan Barrett. I'm an editor here at SBS. Joining me, wearing his own six and seven eighths beanie, it's my co-host Nick Bassine. Hi! <laughs> Hello, Nicholas. Where's your propeller hat? Isn't that usually what you've got? My beanie propeller hat is in my other pants. Okay, well, maybe next week. And entrusted to us as her parole officers, it's the fiendish feline of SBS scheduling. It's Haiti Island. G'day. Haiti, it is a pleasure to have you here on the Batman Land Cave. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you. Yeah, now, I said that you're from scheduling, but I don't really quite know. You're scheduling adjacent. <laughs> I um I help program content for SBS On Demand. Yeah. I guess summarises most of what I do. Let's yeah, leave sure. it at that. I've never quite known and here we are. Utterly baffling. Anyway, we're going to talk about some important matters here. Batman related matters. We have here the final appearance in season two of who I think is probably, I don't know if really went into the series feeling this way, but I definitely feel it now. My favourite villain from the Batman 66 show. She's my favourite character. Yeah. Well, that's Full true stop. as well. Yeah. Catwoman. Your Catwoman in the fur. She's time and time again proving herself to be better than Batman. Yeah, well, come on. I mean, Adam West in this <laughs> is pretty phenomenal. I don't know. He's a real stick in the mud. The character. Yeah. I mean, it's is fine. that your ringtone? It's my ringtone. What is it? It's the Night Court theme song. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah, I think more and more she's the only character with a sense of humor on the show, and that makes her more interesting to me. Yeah, well, I mean, Batman told a wickedly funny joke on last week's show, but you weren't on that week, so I'm sure you haven't listened to the podcast. Oh, I heard it. Yeah. What was the joke? Um, it was a, um, what do you do with an elephant with three balls? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Nick. What do you do with an elephant with three balls? Walk him and pitch to the rhino. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that the joke? Should I do my impersonation of the 1980s sitcom character Alf? With his laugh? Yes. Would that spruce the podcast up a bit? Yeah. Okay. G- give me the punchline again. You walk him and pitch to the rhino. Ha! <laughs> Excellent likeness. Yeah. Very good. It's not bad. Now, Nick, I was madly in love with this episode, but look, I'll admit there's a spotty moment or two where I don't remember exactly what took place. Again? Can you please help us? What happened on this week's Batman? Okay. So the year is 1967. The Vietnam War is just getting started. Amazing. Catwoman is let out of jail for no reason, and so she goes back to school for more learning. I'm going back to Gotham City University to immerse myself in education. Catwoman gets Batman framed for robbing a supermarket, and he's arrested. Don't move, you costume kook. Batman busts out of jail and tries to stop Catwoman before she can do something. The Batman's escaped. There's a fight, and Catwoman gasses Batman and Robin and threatens to murder them by melting them with sulfuric acid. Holy caffeine. They are going to be murdered for sure this time. Absolutely, for sure, murdered. Dead. Robin is ready to die. Goodbye, Batman. He's ready to go. It's been nice working with you. It's over. He's saying goodbye. Never say die, Robin. We've been in worse scrapes than this. But then they get out of it. We thought he was dead. Catwoman steals some jewels, but they're fakes. She tries to kill Batman again and fails and gets taken back to jail. Did I get it? You got That's it. the same episodes we all watched, right? Yeah. Vietnam yeah. War, you say? Uh, and then at the end, um, the Vietnam War uh, rages on. Okay. <laughs> I was concerned about where the status of Vietnam War was at this yeah, point. Yeah, it's, it's a tidy bookend. Okay, very good. 
Now, I found it interesting at one stage, Catwoman is holding some sort of protest rally in the square, uh, Chime Square. Chime Square, that's Chime right. Square. There was a lot of people that turned out for a university rally. Like, a lot of people. What, was the ra- what were they rallying against? That's what I don't understand, because I yeah. don't think they really explicitly say. But I presume now, having heard about the book endings of this episode, the Vietnam War. Yeah, oh. probably. Probably. Yeah. Makes sense. But whatever it was, I think they're described as being, like, poor and misled, misguided <sighs> students, you know, ready to go out and protest on the whim of some ambiguous political platform, whatever Catwoman's wheeling. Dan, you love Batman. Yeah, yeah, like sexually and, Haiti, and I emotionally. You love Batman. Yeah, I love. Do Batman. We, are we aware of a of a book written about um, the fascism of Batman? Perhaps tied to this <laughs> he's defi- show. He's definitely anti-protest. Well, that's what I was thinking about because there's the moment where Commissioner Gordon's talking to Batman on the phone. I think it was on the phone, and said something along the lines of, oh, maybe it was to Bruce, and said something along the lines of how Catwoman's now holding this protest rally. Therefore, you failed as the parole <laughs> officer. I know they they just assume she's doing something illegal. Yeah, there's nothing nefarious and go out about to hosting stop a protest. Her. There's, there's, yeah, there's. there's you know, people are allowed to protest. Who says it's not a legitimate protest? Well, apparently the chief of police. Well, commissioner of police. The chief just had no opinion because he's the dumb, dumb chief O'Hara. I like that they assume that she's guilty. And even though later in the episode, when they're talking about French Freddy, the, you know, the fencer who deals in stolen goods, Batman's very willing to give him the benefit of the doubt and That's say a that a man point. is innocent until convicted guilty. But when it comes to Catwoman, they're like, oh, no, 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 no. She's definitely doing something illegal. Look, That's absolutely. True. A couple of weeks ago, we had the Penguin with his burgeoning movie studio. I presume it was like Penguin Pictures or something like that. PP. PP. That's industry slang, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it was like Golden Showers Pictures. The Penguin's <laughs> out there on the street. Nick, please, I'm trying to recall what happened in this GS, episode. GS, please. Okay. GS Pictures. <laughs> Yeah. So PP Pictures, uh, he's out there on the street. He's filming a scene. Batman and Robin rock up. They're like, hey, look, Penguin, you're doing something. Clearly, it's going to be a crime. And then, you know, they're about to arrest him. Chief Ahara rocks up and is like, guys, guys, he's got a permit. He's clearly allowed to be out here filming this movie. Shoots him down immediately. Why, Haiti? Because he's a man. (laughs) I'm with you, sister. There's double standards happening all over this show. No, there really are. You'd think they'd be more enlightened in 1967. (laughs) Um, I felt like there were more misogynistic microaggressions happening in these episodes in particular. Mm, tell us more. Well, um, there's having Catwoman say, tears are a woman's most effective weapon. <laughs> I loved that moment. And not the only time she's cried to get out of a Batman-related... Is that right? Yeah, I'm sure there's another episode. Batman also says, you're a rare lady, Catwoman, you're right on time. Are women all late? Is that some yeah, sort that's of cliche? Nasty. I wasn't even aware of it, but I didn't like it one bit. I like the scene where um, when they're sharing the milkshake or soda or what have you at the milk bar and Batman makes a comment, you seem to have lost all of the egotism that once marred your great beauty, oh. which, is a, which is a lovely moment, you know, like reinforcing to a whole generation of young boys that, you know, submission is attractive in a woman. Shame. It's a nice moment. Terrible. <laughs> I'm shocked. Were there any other microaggressions? Well, um, the word peregrination was used and I didn't know what it meant. So that could have been one. (laughs) But now that I'm looking it up, it's probably not. A peregrination is a journey, especially a long or meandering one. So it's like this podcast. Boom. Zing. Set it up. Spike it. Biff, bam, pow. Biff, bam, and pow. (laughs) 
I think Catwoman is a compelling <laughs> villain because of the the like love push pull with Batman. You know, it's the it's the relationship the that might or might not be. That's what's compelling about her is the uh, that power she has over Batman. I mean, she does play it more personally than any of the other villains do. Like the love affair with the Joker never really quite panned out in the way it has with Catwoman. However, uh, if you sort of look at it, it kind of feels a little bit like the Clark Kent, Lois Lane, Superman thing where Catwoman's in love with Batman, but she's not interested in... Batman's in love with Robin. Yeah. Mm. It's never going to happen, and that's what's so disappointing about it. For sexual tension to be real, you have to believe that Batman's going to go for it. And he, whenever Catwoman brings it up, he inevitably says, "There's there's a Robin in the picture. Yeah, and I do like at the very end here where the Robin in the picture gets mentioned and she does the exact thing she did the last time this came up and immediately starts talking about murdering him. (laughs) It's very funny. (laughs) Yeah, everything's going so well with Batman. Like, he's, like, almost being seduced and then she just throws in that, oh, and we better just murder Robin before we, you know, seal this deal. Well, I like it because then she goes off with a, he's such a bore with his holy this and holy that. (laughs) Hilarious. Yeah, it was very good. Yeah. Also very good, Robin's mastery of the French language. At one point, he uses the phrase, I believe it was Bijou. Holy Bijou! And Batman was very impressed that his French lessons are coming along. So Bijou means jewel in French. That's very good, Robin. Bijou. French for jewel. (laughs) Thank you, Batman. Yeah, we learned that from the episode, Nick. (laughs) And there's an actress named Bijou Phillips. Is that the same word? I assume that she's probably named after this Batman episode. I'd like to point out that Robin's French is a lot better than the French character in this episode's French, French, French Freddy, Freddy, who French Freddy seems to, to be more of an Italian than a French stereotype. <laughs> well, he had a big bowl of pasta at one point. <laughs> he eats a big bowl of pasta while Catwoman's talking to him. And then when she leaves, he goes, ciao, <laughs> which is definitely not French. Yeah, there's a lot of Mediterranean mixing going on in there. <laughs> you stain my name. French Freddy uh, A couple of interesting uh, cast aspects to it. Uh, first of all, we've got a first-time director on the show named Robert Spar. Now, Robert Spar hadn't noticed in the credits before. Did a bit of looking up. Uh, he's basically a journeyman director. He did a whole bunch of TV through the late 50s into the 60s. He actually died in 1969, so just a few years after this was shot. He was in a plane accident with like another person he was working with back in the Star Trek TV series, where he filmed one or two episodes of that. Um, that guy managed to live, but Robert Spire did not. Oh, my God. The pilot also died. But what makes it a Hollywood plane death is they're out there scouting locations for a project they're working on. Oh, my God. Just like the Big Bopper. Just like the Big Bopper. Terrible. <laughs> yeah. Way to bring, uh, bring everything down. <laughs> Biff Bam Pow. Oh, Biff. There was, <laughs> we've got the cameo outside the window. Who was that? Yeah, I was wondering about that. That was Art Linkletter. Now, he, I know him best as he was the host of Kids Say the Darndest Things, which I thought was a show in its own right, but it was actually just a segment on a daytime show he used to host called House Party. Right. I know him more from um, his show Old Age is Not for Sissies. Yeah, little known show. I think it got cancelled pretty quickly. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but in this one, he's referring to People Are Funny, which was a show which the memory, I guess, has been lost to the time. Yeah. I got to say, the um, the celebrities coming out of the window, they are wasting these opportunities. <laughs> some of the jokes are some of the worst on the show. Well, I think the jokes are usually fairly topical, so they make a fair bit of sense if you're watching it in 1967. Which I am. Yeah. How's that going for you? <laughs> it takes a lot to get there, I'll tell you that much. I, I liked this moment because it kind of got a little bit meta. 
And then it got a little bit meta again yes. on the That's right. rooftop when uh, Batman and Robin are about to get <laughs> burnt with sulfuric acid and Robin makes some kind of comment about how all these crazy things happen to them. It's like someone's writing these stories for them. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe you guys can answer this question, but it feels like that was a unusual thing for a TV show of that day and age. Like, did like yeah, it's, it's pretty so common now, but like, like that. Yeah, it yeah. seemed really refreshing for something so old. Things like that only happen in the movies, Robin. This is real life. I guess you're right. Let's go. A couple of cast members that stood out as well. You've got Stanley Adams, who played Captain Courageous, which I thought that was a reference to another TV show or something at the time. It's but a movie. Well, yeah, but like I thought the actual character, because he was saying he was there like from LA as part of a police exchange program. I thought there was some sort of joke, like we'd find out that he's actually from some sort of forgotten LA police show from years gone by. And is he? No. It's a bit of a bit of a superhero name, really. Well, very much so. I mean, he's no Captain Caveman, but really who is? <laughs> but yeah, he was played by this guy, Stan- uh, Stanley Adams. And I recognize him from some Star Trek episodes, uh, the ones with the Tribbles. So you got the infamous Trouble with Tribbles and then More Tribbles, More Troubles. Say that again. <laughs> the infamous, The Trouble with Tribbles, and then the follow-up episode, More Tribbles, More Troubles. Now say it five times really yeah, quickly. Wow. More Tribbles, More Troubles, <laughs> The Trouble with Tribbles, More Troubles, More Troubles. Ah, <laughs> there you go. Um, Amber Forever, she was the lady who was, you know, with the jewels and the... Oh, yeah. She had an awesome name. I loved her name. She did have a great name. Now, the actress, Whitney Blake, uh, she had a sitcom called One Day at a Time. But I know her for the daughter that she gave birth to at one point, Meredith Baxter, who was the mother in Family Ties. Later known as Meredith Baxter Bernie, but I think she's the Meredith Baxter That's Meredith Baxter Bernie's mother. Yes. From L.A. Law. Are you thinking of Susan Day? No, Family Ties mother. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah, gosh, you get, LA I get them confused all the time. What, Susan Day and Meredith Baxter Bernie? Yeah, they look the same. Practically the same person. Well, either way, I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the third one, you've got Sheldon Alban, who was the henchman. I can't remember if he was Brown, Cornell, or Penn, the three henchmen that Catwoman has at college. Why are they named after the Ivy, Ivy League schools? Well, it probably just ties in the other league school being Gotham University. Oh, okay. Mm. Got it. Yeah, Gotham City University, which is one of the more prestigious universities mm. in... Question about the henchmen. Yes. Do they reappear in different Catwoman episodes or were they specific to this episode? Look, I'm not sure. I don't think these guys were particularly in Catwoman episodes, but a lot of the henchmen are just 1960s stuntmen. Because it sat really weird that they were all like in their 40s, but they were meant to be <laughs> freshmen at uni. They were like frat boys. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, they were just like random stuntmen. <laughs> it's just random. So like occasionally you'll see the same ones crop up as like a Riddler henchman and then the Joker henchman and yeah, <laughs> all the different sort of motifs. Uh, but the guy particularly who was the older looking guy who loses his uh, beanie, mm. uh, he's also a music composer and amongst other things, he had done the theme to George of the Jungle. Oh, wow. Yeah. And also when he used to watch the old TV show of Mr. Ed, he used to provide the voice when Mr. Ed sang. He's got a much better voice than I have. Are you listening? Good. <clears throat> <clears throat> Got to beat a little later when the moon is on the trail with the cutest triple gator, my pretty little filly with the ponytail. It's, it's beautiful. Just beautiful. It can't <laughs> and I'll show you all remember That's those good episodes. Trivia. Oh my God. <laughs> Was this the first episode that the commissioner mentioned the possibility of Bruce Wayne and Batman being the same person? I've not heard it before. 
I'm surprised he put two and two together. Uh, that was the best little bit of police work I've ever seen him do. <laughs> well, because he knows that that's not the case because he was on the phone at the same time as he was on the phone to Bruce. Yeah. Clearly not the same guy. Uh, this is Commissioner Gordon, Mr. Wayne. How are you? I'm calling to let you know that Catwoman has stolen several million dollars worth of jewels. Have you called Batman? Totally fooled. But it's the moment that he, like, joins those two dots. He's like, up until now, I've had my suspicions. <laughs> but clearly... But now, clearly, uh, I know you're not the same person. Now, we also know that Batman's been deputised as a member of the Gotham Police Department. Why did he not mention that when he was being arrested by Captain Courageous? How did that not come up? How does that guy not know who Batman is? Just because he's from California? He's from that's insane. <laughs> News traveled slowly back then. There wasn't the internet. No, that's exactly it. Batman never appeared in a newspaper story. They didn't no. have national news. They had new TV networks. Why would you watch national news when your local affiliate is all the superhero-related activity you need? <laughs> what about Superman? I hadn't heard of Superman either. Is that the implication? Because he's in Metropolis? Why Who's I in California? There's no LA superhero. Well, I mean, Green Lantern's technically an LA superhero, but he doesn't have a live-action TV show in the oh, 60s. man, that made me angry. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. And then you got Shazam heading around the country in a caravan, but I don't know if he ever went to LA. <laughs> Captain Courageous was clearly full of lies, though, because, I mean, when Batman escapes from jail, he leaves Alfred in there dressed as himself. <laughs> and then when Captain Courageous comes in to report that Batman has escaped from jail, he said that there was some lawyer tied up in his place which is clearly not the case. Yeah. Well, I mean, also, why did no one check Alfred's bona fides? Like, <laughs> Wait, was Alfred tied up when he left him in there? No, he was dressed up as Batman. So what? what, what is he talking about? Who he's, was tied he's a, up? He's an idiot. <laughs> they're all, they're very clear. He doesn't know who Batman is, and he just, you know, The Gotham lies. Police Force is uh, traditionally full of absolute morons. <laughs> just mouth-breathing bottom dwellers. Speaking of morons, uh, Warden Crichton, who runs the prison, mm. okay, Time after time, he keeps on letting prisoners out on good release and just letting them escape. It's baffling. Uh, this is his final appearance in the second season of The Batman oh, Show. Oh, no. He'll be back for season oh. three, don't you worry. Whew. Why no. does he let Catwoman wear her whole outfit because and claws it's, it's just, and everything? it's just too hard to take off and on all the time. It's just easier if she stays in it. Also, they let her out as Catwoman and not as a human being who has a name of her own that wears a costume. <laughs> is her name ever mentioned, Selena Kyle, no. in this show? No, none of them I've ever. I've never heard it. Like, you never hear the real name, do you? Not a single villain gets a real name mentioned. Are these all alter egos? Do they all have, have real yeah. world names? Selena no, except, Kyle, except Oswald, the Joker. Kyle, the Joker's name is, um, well, it depends on which um, mythology you believe in. Oh, well, it? if you want to believe the 1989 Batman movie yeah. where he is uh, Chuckles yeah. McGee. Jack Chuckles McGee. <laughs> what is his name in? It's... Jack some. Jack Napier, I think. Jack Napier. Yeah. Correct. Story checks out. Don't shame, give me that look. <laughs> it is shocking. Was this the first appearance of bat plugs? Did anyone else feel uncomfortable about with that? <laughs> I'm wearing a pair of bat plugs this week. Oh my god! How dare you? It just helps me podcast with more clarity. I, I love the specificity of all the inventions that come up in this show, like the bat plugs, specifically for stopping the inhalation of Catwoman perfumes, poisonous perfumes. One of the machines in the bat cave is the yeah. There's like one trick only computers in the bat the cave. Bat like uh, the bat calendar came bat up calendar. in this episode, well, and like calendar, the there was one that was suspicious criminals computer. But it wasn't just the suspicious; it was like the like most suspicious criminals. Well known criminal files computer. 
<laughs> just does well-known criminal files. Yeah, like I would have thought a computer that specialises in the less well-known criminals <laughs> might be the one that you really need yeah, the computer yeah. for. <laughs> it must be a pretty big bat cave to fit all of these very large one-trick-only computers. You'd think so, but also, I mean, we haven't seen behind the fourth wall. There could be a lot more gear happening, mm. like right behind. I presume they just cycle the computers around because you never see the same computers twice. Mm. Was anyone else incensed by the cultural appropriation in uh, Catwoman's Cat Roddy? Well, yeah. anyone? Am <laughs> I the only one? Sorry, I'm a white male. This got past me. Yeah. Shame. <laughs> I liked how it was used as a plot device to uh, avoid a man having to fight a woman in a 60s TV show with a very clever statement by Batman that karate is a defensive form of yes. martial arts. And so if he didn't make a move on her, she wouldn't be able to attack him because she could only defend. That, that, is, that was really clever. I liked great that. great logic. Except that it wasn't karate. It was cat karate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was cat karate. He mansplained cat <laughs> karate as if it was karate, assuming that they were the same thing. Have now, you seen Julie Newmar in anything else? No. No. She was in um, a bunch of other stuff, according to her IMDb profile, if that's to be believed. I have actively been mean to go down and track down some stuff. I would like to, I, yeah, I bet she's probably pretty good. Like, was she always good in things? Or is this one of those cases of just a great role for the right actress or no actor? Idea, no idea. No yeah. need to investigate. Start another podcast, The Julie Newmar Show. Maybe she got typecast as Catwoman and never got mm. another successful role. She's still alive. Yeah. Yeah, we should try to get her on the show. Let's get her on the show. The campaign begins today, Nick. I've, I've had her number all this time. <laughs> Never even thought to use it. I'll, I'll tweet her. You're an American. She's an American. You've probably yeah, got yeah. contact details. We definitely run into each other all the time. Yeah. Uh, two things that really stuck out at me. One, there was a very sort of crafty joke where they were talking about the various crimes or the things going on around Gotham, which are cat-related and therefore would fit into the Catwoman Rose Heath. <laughs> and one of the things was to do with the Lions and Tigers playing at Space Stadium. Space, Space Stadium? Space Stadium. <laughs> I missed that. That's, I thought that was very nice. good. Uh, and also, just going back to Alfred, I mean, first of all, you got him back in the Batman costume, and that is always a treat. We've seen it two times already, and boy, does he fill out that costume remarkably well. Who looks well. better, him or West? <laughs> um, look, if you ask me, definitely West, okay? But last week, our friend Fiona Williams put in a very impassioned belief that Alfred is her Batman. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Controversial. But I want to take us specifically back to the Alfred in a Batman costume moment, because when Alfred ends up turning up as the fake lawyer, he immediately says we should swap costumes. So he goes out presumably in whatever clothing that Alfred brought in for him. Alfred remains in the Bat costume. Don't you think, and this is Batman, who's the most ethical person we know, how unethical it was for him to, not only as a citizen of the fine city of Gotham City, to escape prison... Okay, which I found it a bit strange that Commissioner Gordon was so supportive of that later on, yeah. but that's a side issue. First of all, unethical as a citizen to be escaping prison and escaping the authorities, but also just as an employer. Alfred is his employee. He shouldn't be forcing him to commit crimes. I absolutely agree because he's a model citizen and yeah. he should go through the justice system like everybody else. Absolutely. I wish just he was still in prison. Another example of the double standards at play here. Absolutely. But Absolutely. Batman Millionaire playboy getting away prison. with things. Yeah, because of the money and the privilege. <laughs> yeah. But no, he should be rotting me in prison. Meanwhile, the Vietnam War rages on. <laughs> it just won't stop. It won't quit. Basically, the only reason this series exists is because of the Vietnam War. Yeah. Yeah, largely. I'll go that far. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Each week on Batman Land, we do like to talk to our guests about their own experience with Batman. Are you much of a Batman guy or girl person? Oh, I don't know I'm, how you I'm identify. I'm definitely not a Batman guy. Are you a guy? Batman guy? Um, I, I've got like some specific memories of Batman from childhood. Mm. Um, I was never uh, someone who watched the cartoon series, which a lot of people my age. In the 90s. Was their first, yeah, their first experience of Batman. I think my Batman and like I'd argue the point that everyone's Batman is the first Batman they encountered, regardless of the critical acclaim or lack of of that particular Batman. But I think that's but true. But I'm calling most people that come in are usually like sort of mid thirties, early forties. So most people lean towards Michael Keaton, which mm. would definitely be their Batman. I've got a bit of Stockholm syndrome where I'm now leaning towards Adam West. But, you oh, know, yeah. that's 40-odd-ish <laughs> episodes of Batman Land talking. <laughs> and mine is the guy from the 40s. Because um, <laughs> Nick's old. I'm going to go potentially a little bit controversial and say that Val Kilmer is my Batman. Oh, my Ooh. God. Wait, someone else said that too. I forget who. I don't know. I don't know. I want to say that was Sid Sharma. Sid. Relatively recent guest. Because Batman Forever was the first Batman thing he really fell in that's love with. That's right. Because he, he loved Batman the soundtrack. Track. That's right. It had a great soundtrack. Mm. I um, I would have been 10 when it came out, and yeah. I was a really big Jim Carrey fan mm. <laughs> as a 10-year-old. Well, I mean, this was 1995. And this would have like, been like is... the year after Pet Detective, which on reflection as an adult is an incredibly transphobic movie. <laughs> yes, very uncomfortable. <laughs> but at the time, I, you know, I flew under that and and just uh, enjoyed the comedy. So I came in as like a Jim Carrey fan and, uh, you know, stayed for the Val Kilmer, entertaining, colourful kind he's of... He's not terrible. He's, he's all right. The movie stinks, but he's he is okay. See, I don't think the movie stinks. I think the movie's not very good. Batman and Robin, that stinks as a movie. Batman and Robin, because that was the other, like, Joel Schumacher one, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, I never watched that one. But, like, on reflection as an adult, I think Batman Forever is interesting because it's the first time there's, like, a super sexualized Batman. Like, Have you not seen 1966 Batman? <laughs> you just watched the sexiest Batman. <laughs> Arguably. Okay, like, it was the first Batman where Batman's outfit had nipples. Yeah. Yes. 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 yes and he was, Valcom was a much more traditionally kind of macho man than your Michael Keaton's of the world. I feel like it was, it's refreshing to see a male superhero given the same sexualization as all the female superheroes yep, were given sure. up until that point. Sorry, have you not seen Adam West's stomach in this story? <laughs> I, uh, it is. Would you would you call um your your typical say Tour de France cyclist sexy because that's the kind of sexy that Adam West is hitting in my opinion. In uh, Adam West suit. wishes he was in Tour de France cyclist shape. He is in, in this episode and these episodes in particular. His gut was out there. In fairness to Adam West, like he's 1960s. I'm not trying to fat shame him. No, but he's 1960s athletic. He's not 2018 athletic. Like there wasn't a requirement to have muscle on top of muscle in the way that there is nowadays. Like there is no Like you and I rock these days. Yeah, well. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so I'm I'm just putting it out there. Batman Forever, Jim Carrey, and Val Kilmer's nipples. Have you, how recently have you watched it? I haven't watched it since I was a kid. I didn't go back and rewatch it for this. But you have this... gone back and rewatched uh, Pet Detective. <laughs> yeah, I, I did go back and rewatch. Pet so did I. 
Yeah. Nick actually rewatched this about two or three weeks ago. I did with my child. Yeah, I, I very sweaty I not during watch it with the any children. during the um, the transphobic bits. Yeah, but the physical comedy was perfect for my seven year old. He loved that stuff. Now you're a relatively recent parent in that you go to youngin around the house. I do. Has the youngin experienced any Batman yet? My partner has some Batman toys that yeah. have been kicking around since he was a kid. And uh, that's that's her only experience of Batman so far is this awesome little um, TV series era Batmobile, like metal car yeah. that like shoots a little rocket. That's awesome. It's pretty cool. Sounds pretty violent. Listen, <laughs> do you have strong opinions about other Batman? The other movies? Are you are into the Christopher Nolan movies? Yeah, I did enjoy them when they came out. I liked the... Realism, I think, is what you would associate most with those ones. Yeah, the groundedness. They're so grounded in reality. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I, I enjoy the Batman world. Okay. He, I'm not a big superhero fan, but he's probably the only superhero that I engage with. Okay. Yeah. Have you checked out the new Avengers movie? <laughs> nah. Nah. It's because <laughs> West is best. Did you see the Justice League movie? Nah. I'll rewatch that again re- very recently. Could you see the massage? That movie stinks. It's even more pronounced that the uh, CGI uh, upper lip makes him look like Shrek. That, that's because it's on a small screen. I really have this belief that when you watch special effects on a smaller TV screen than a big cinema screen, it's, pronounced. it's a lot more pronounced. I saw it both times and it was, it was pretty uncomfortable either way. Mm. That movie really stinks. Have you it, seen that movie? I didn't hate it. I mean, I don't think it's particularly good. It was not as bad as people had suggested. Did you see Avengers? I saw Avengers the other morning. The morning? Yeah. And no, I, I like going to an early session because there's never anyone there. Except that Avengers where the place was packed out. Like there was, was there was literally one seat left and thankfully it was next to me. Maybe there was a reason for that. Oh, geez. I hadn't really thought about that, but now awkward. Man spreading in the movie theater. Oh, God. I've never man spreaded more. Shame on you. <laughs> We like to wrap up Batman Land each week with any lessons or just takeaways that we had from Batman. Haiti, as our guest, please, what lessons did you learn from the big guy himself? I learned that a 1960s American audience can't tell the difference between a French and an Italian stereotype. <laughs> I also learned... Important lessons to learn. ...that all any woman needs is the love of a good man, according mm, to Catwoman. So true. That's very true. And I, lastly... I found that, have you not, Nick? <laughs> I found the reverse to be true. Lastly, an overly tightened corset does not presumably impede your ability to perform cat ratty. (laughs) Well, do we know that's to be true? She never got the opportunity. (laughs) It looked much tighter in these episodes than it had in the past. I was was very impressed. Her waist looked more uncomfortable than before. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a process. You can't just... You can't just take a corset and tighten it that tightly on someone. You have to slowly do it over time so your bone structure and muscle structure changes. So, you know, it makes sense that it slowly gets tighter over the season. She's, you know, she's putting in the hours. But I do think that nicks on to something with this because usually the costume isn't really quite as uh, shapely, I guess you could say. Yeah, it it definitely seemed a little to go in more at the waist. Yeah. Seemed tighter. And yeah, I mean, I noticed like outlines of underwear where you don't usually see that with her. Mm. Yeah. Why why were you looking for that kind of thing, James? It's just on my screen. I was just an attentive viewer. (laughs) How dare you, sir? What did you learn this week? Let's change the topic. So what I learned based on the fact that Catwoman is allowed to wear her full uh, bad lady outfit in prison, Mm. um, that in the 60s... um, 
they weren't worried about her committing serious acts of violence against other people with those claws or committing suicide with that necklace around her neck or spiking somebody with her heels. Man, you took things dark, didn't you? (laughs) Well, there's a reason they put you in pajamas when you go into prison. Lessons I learned from Batman this week. Don't steal mine. Okay, I learned nothing from that. No, no, I I, I got something here. (laughs) Ladders, you don't walk under them. And it's not because it's some sort of silly superstition. Rather, it just doesn't pay to court disaster. Someone could fall off the ladder right on top of you. You could knock the ladder. There's all sorts of reasons you don't walk under a ladder. What? Batman told us this. Did you see the same episode I did? Yeah, Batman revealed that he believes superstitions. No, he said he doesn't believe in superstitions, but he said it doesn't pay to court disaster. (laughs) That's a good lesson. He's a sensible man. He's a very sensible man. He's the best man. He is maybe the best of all of us. Guys, on this note, we probably need to leave Batman land and venture off to far off other lands. Haiti Island, are you on Twitter at all? No, you can reach me at uh, snail mail at SBS, please. <laughs> Send all of your mail to Haiti just to <laughs> SBS generally. I will read and respond to everything. <laughs> be careful what you wish for, because my friend CPW, he'll be on to you quickly. Oh, no, I, I, I used to work in public relations here. I'm very used to answering <laughs> uh, consumer comments. Yeah, quite legitimately, I do actually get a few emails from people like the aforementioned CPW. Always welcome. I always like, no, don't give me that look. I really do. I like getting the feedback through. It's a lot of fun. Who's CPW? Uh, he's been one of our longest listeners. I know because I've received a number of emails and now he's found me on Twitter. So we occasionally tweet back and forth. Oh my God. Yeah. Hello, CPW. Yeah. He seems like a nice guy. So far. Yeah. Nick, you're on social media. I am at tears are a woman's most effective weapon. That's a really long handle. Uh, if you want to use, you can also use it at Nick Yeah, uh, people can find me at the Dan Barrett. If you are talking about Batman Land, leave the hashtag Batman Land. Helps people track the conversation. Now, if you've enjoyed this podcast, we have a whole host of other SBS film and TV podcasts you might be interested in. Nick, the playlist, what's that about? Uh, it's a frank and open uh, cultural conversation that we have um, regularly. Uh, that'd be yourself and Fiona Williams. Correct. Talking about TV and film. That's right. What's in store for this week on the playlist? Fiona and I just watched Avengers Infinity War, a little blockbuster um, film, and um, it's talky. And we, um, yeah, we break it down frame by frame. All two hours and 40 minutes of it. Okay, well, if you want to listen to an incredibly long podcast, give that a go. Uh, a bit of spoilers, yay or nay? No, we were scolded at the beginning of the screening and reminded not to spoil anything. No events, no jokes. They said not to spoil jokes. So how did you record a podcast where you were adhering to the word of the Disney PR goons? I did a half hour of stand-up of my own material. Okay. Well, if you want to take a listen to that, check out the playlist. Other podcasts you might like, there is the Good Fight SBS Fan Podcast, a name which... Best name Gosh, that's good. So good. Good for search. Yeah. Great for search. Uh, you can check that out. That's myself and Sarah Malik talking about the TV drama The Good Fight. Most recently, there was an episode with Alan Alder. If that's He's not going to get the kids in, I don't know what will, Nick. Everybody loves that. Alan Alder's a, a national treasure. Yeah. Um, I give people a very specific recommendation. Check out the episode coming up this Wednesday on SBS On Demand or SBS Broadcast. We do it there as well. And you can listen to the podcast. There's a little bit of fun with the PP tape. 
That's all I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> but if you want something a little bit more serious, we've also launched a Handmaid's Tale podcast, which kicked off this last week. Uh, so you can listen to the aforementioned Fiona Williams, along with Sana Kadar and Natalie Hambly, and the three of them break down each episode of The Handmaid's Tale and all the feels that you might have. Anyway, that's probably enough of our plugs. I'd just like to thank this week, Nicholas Bassine, as always. Pleasure. And someone that I actually enjoy the company of, Haiti Island. Aww. Thanks. Don't forget, you can watch the show every Friday night on SBS Vice Land. And we'll be back with a podcast next Friday. Same Batman Land time, same Batman Land channel. Until then. Batman.